He hasn't even set foot on a Penn State football practice field yet, but the wide receiver that Penn State got out of the transfer portal is the perfect fit for Drew Aller in this offense. You are Locked On Nittany Lions, your daily podcast on the Penn State Nittany Lions, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. so much for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. We are being available wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Zako, your host, and that wide receiver is Devin Carter out of NC State. Went into the transfer portal, came out of Penn State Nittany Lion, and see these bowl games, they do in fact matter. Penn State won the Rose Bowl, and Devin Carter shortly committed afterwards with without even setting foot and officially visiting Penn State's campus, but he saw enough to enough to like about Penn State and what it's going to do next season. And Devin Carter is joining the program and could easily emerge as one of the favorite targets of Drew Aller this upcoming season. Now it's going to take an off season of work. Uh, there's a lot that's going to be involved in this, but let's get a player profile on Devin Carter. We're also going to talk some Penn State men's basketball with Jacob Rude. Locked on Hoosiers is going to be joining in the final segment for a locked on crossover as Penn State men's basketball is going to be taking on Indiana. And we also get the chance to catch up on Penn State wrestling. Wrestling defeated Wisconsin over the weekend. Let's get an update on them because they have another superstar in the making. Excited to tell you about that in the second segment. Wrap it all up with a Indiana Penn State preview for Wednesday in the final segment with Jacob Root. Devin Carter stands at six foot four, 215 pounds, announced his commitment after the Rose Bowl win, as I had stated. This is a big body wide receiver that Penn State desperately needs. I think the most recent, now Malik Mega's in the room, but Malik Mega hasn't exactly panned out. Um, he's a one of the bigger wide receivers that I would say. Um, and Came on strong, but actually uh, had an injury that kept him out of the uh, Rose Bowl. So we saw him a little more as the season trailed off. But uh, Malik Mega is kind of the first receiver that comes to mind. Of course, Theo Johnson and Tyler Warren are tight ends. But it's about time that Penn State gets some size to the wide receiver room. Think back to Jawan Johnson and how effective he was. Irvin Charles for uh, it was a short stint before he had to transfer out. But uh, those two guys had a lot of promise. And finally getting back to uh, maybe a, a little bit of diversity when it comes to the wide receiver core. You have your small, like a KJ Hamler type of guy in the slot, and, and that could be a Caden Saunders, if you will, coming up very soon. You're kind of mid-tier wide receiver that has a good balance of size, speed, agility, and is that Amari Evans? Is he ready to take over in that spot? Uh, Keandre Lambert-Smith has shown that not the biggest receiver, but also not really small either. He's got a good balance. Uh, and then this is Devin Carter. This is where I'd like Devin Carter to be that third guy and, and be that big body red zone wide receiver that I think Drew Aller could really benefit from. You have the tight ends up the seams and Tyler Warren and Theo Johnson, their big body. But how about somebody on the outside to really take advantage of a five foot ten cornerback? Uh, in the end zone. That, that's really what I envision this as. And if you watch the tape, you watch the tape. Here's the good. Everyone wants to know about the good. We'll start with the good. He can catch in traffic. That's no surprise. You put on a highlight reel, you watch a game from the Wolfpack, and he is able to go up and make the catch contested. He 
That's why he has is able to use that big body to his advantage. Uh, scales above the corners. That's obviously another given. Just that he's six foot four and he has impressive jumping ability. He's just athletic. He wins those contested battles. So yeah, you're going to go up into traffic, but you got to be able to come down with the football. He's winning those in single coverage, in double coverage. It was actually really impressive to see. So uh, a playmaker, even when he has double the attention, I, I think is all the more why they went after him. He has big playability. He's not just a guy that, okay, he ran an out. He's able to haul it in, uh, but he's able to go up and make those spectacular catches. And as I mentioned, you want that viability in the red zone. He's going to give that to you. And the stats that he put up at NC State, 118 receptions, 1,906 receiving yards, 16.2 yards per catch. That's what you love to see. It's that big playability. Uh, you you want him to go upfield. You want him to be able to box out a cornerback or whoever's matched up against him and win that one-on-one -on -one battle. You're not going to give it to him on a screen and let him dance in the open field. That's not the kind of receiver that Devin Carter is. And most importantly, 10 touchdowns. This is a red zone threat. You want to use him in the red zone. Now, this past season, uh, NC State had a revolving door at quarterback uh, injuries to a very impressive quarterback in Devin Leary, who actually transferred to Kentucky. But then after that, you saw the second string, third string guys. So he wasn't able to put the best tape together with Penn State new beforehand. Uh, the full resume is in what's in consideration here. 25 receptions, 406 yards, two touchdowns in 2022. Now, with the good, there is some bad. But I, I didn't see a whole lot of bad. Uh, I will say this. He struggles to create consistent separation. And being 6'4 and almost 220 pounds can help with that. When you can't create separation, that's when you're going to basically uh, try to win the jump ball. And... In this case, Devin Carter is a good enough route runner to at least allow an open window for Drew Aller. But if I'm saying he's going to blow by a cornerback and just breeze out there in the field, that, that's not the kind of wide receiver he is. So you have to uh, accept that in this case. And he has limited top to end speed. So these two, two things kind of go hand in hand. He's not going to beat you in a foot race. He is a possession wide receiver. And that's what I like. I like his hands. I like the way that he comes down with the football. He's not afraid to just embrace what kind of wide receiver that he is. So uh, there are those drawbacks to him, but Penn State's going to use him where his strengths are most notable. Now, Penn State wants to double up on wide receivers in the transfer portal. That is no secret. Uh, they got one. Can they secure a second? And they might be going after an even taller wide receiver. Say, so I thought you liked six foot four and Devin Carter. How about Tyrone Broden out of Bowling Green in the Mac? Yes, uh, another Mac wide receiver. Uh, but he's listed currently. This isn't his profile. Go to Bowling Green and, and look at the uh, football roster. He is listed as the biggest wide receiver in college football. Six foot seven. So if you like six foot four, you're going to like six foot seven. He spent four years of Bowling Green, two years of eligibility left, and 52 catches, 506 yards, seven touchdowns in 2022. Good body of work to go along with, well, a good body. <laughs> if you will. Uh, Romello Brinson is another guy that's starting to circulate for Penn State in the transfer portal. Uh, Miami, Florida wide receiver opted into the portal. Class of 2021 was formerly a four-star around that 92-93 grade. Got some, he's 
got some good recognition, uh, but never really panned out in Miami. This is a, a good connection for Penn State because guess what? He committed to Manny Diaz's Miami of Florida. So this is a hurricane player that could still have a good relationship with Penn State, uh, the Manny Diaz at Penn State and be able to uh, come up here and, and really not miss a beat already having some chemistry there. Uh, and if you look at on three.com, they actually expect Brinson to commit to Penn state. They currently listed, have it listed as 100%. Uh, they're getting him in for a visit. He's six foot two, 180 pounds. Some more of that balanced wide receiver that Penn state is looking for. Dante Cephas still hasn't given uh, an indication where he's going to sign. Uh, he was someone that Penn state initially hosted. The, the meeting went very well, the visit and, and all signs pointed that he was going to commit to Penn state. It's just a matter of him saying yes, or, or deciding somewhere else he's out of Kent state. And then somebody else on the Penn state radar, Freddie Roberson out of Eastern Washington, another smaller school and an agile wide receiver that Penn State would like to bring in, but they definitely have other options. This is Locked On Nittany Lions. We're talking some Penn State wrestling. I know there's a lot of Penn State wrestling fans out there, and there's a new superstar in the making. Let's talk about him next. Today's episode is sponsored by Built. Looking for a delicious treat, but you don't want all of the fat and the calories? Then you gotta try a Built Bar. We just got through the holidays, and I know my goal is to eat a little healthier this year. And if you're like me, where you want to eat healthier, but you don't want to compromise the taste, then man, I've just got the thing for you. You got to try Built. With Built, healthy is actually tasty. Seriously, they're so delicious, you won't think they're good for you. It's the perfect it's the perfect treat for your New Year's resolution. What's what makes Built Bars so good? Well, for starters, they're covered in 100% real chocolate. That's right, real chocolate. And they come in unbelievable flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. I'm not sure how Built does it, but these bars taste like a candy bar while maintaining amazing macros. And what's even better is that they are healthy. Only 130 calories and 4 grams of sugar with a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't need to wait around to get a box. For years, we've been talking about ordering your Built Bars at Built.com. Go over there, visit them. Well, now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today. Walk to the pharmacy section. Grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box from Cookies and Cream double chocolate and coconut puffs all included. If you're close to a Sam's club, run in and grab a 13 bar box of our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Thanks again for making Locked on Nittany Lions your first listen every day. For your second listen today, make sure to check out our brand new podcast, Locked on College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball all in one place. Plus, hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. Locked on College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. My name is Zach Seiko, your host of Locked on Nittany Lions. And in the comments section, if you're on YouTube, uh, please Leave a review wherever you get your podcast. If you're listening to the audio version, uh, if you are watching, comment what player Penn State should target in the transfer portal. Is any receivers that you think would be good fits? Any other players they've shown that they need some guys on the defensive line? A player that you think would be a perfect fit for Penn State football next season. Now over on to Penn State wrestling, and there is a superstar in the making, and that is true freshman Levi Haynes at 157 pounds. I uh, the tape, the tape shows it right uh, against a, a ranked Wisconsin team 
major decision as a true freshman, mind you, major decision and, and not not at a lightweight where you're kind of facing some more comparable in terms of eligibility and age. This is 157 pounds. So you're getting guys that are, are already bigger uh, and mostly veterans. Major decision, 16 to six over a rank to number 16 Garrett model out of Wisconsin. Uh, he has to remain in the starting lineup. Levi Haynes does. I, I, I've heard a lot of good things about him coming into the season. I mean, he's got quite the background to begin with. Uh, a state title his junior year was Alta. It was very competitive as freshman and sophomore years. I think lost a combined five matches in the high school ranks. Skips his senior season to compete at the collegiate level. Uh, and he's he's been back and forth with Tyler Baraclow. Uh, Baraclow got injured. And maybe he still is because if you see the lineup card, it see it says Haynes or Baraclaus. So you don't know which one you're going to get. Kale Sanderson kind of decides in the moment who's ready to go, and, and he's been going with Haynes. And now you got to come to the decision here, Levi Haynes. Is it worth burning his red shirt? And I say absolutely. I uh, this this is a no brainer. Uh, this is completely the right decision. Keep him in the lineup. Uh, and this shouldn't come as a surprise. He has the pedigree. He's another one of these impressive recruits that Penn State has gotten. Think about an Aaron Brooks, if you will, uh, as somebody that trained uh, collegiately ahead before he started his eligibility clock. And now look at Aaron Brooks, the top wrestler in all the country at 184. And part of that training, it wasn't just, oh, he got tossed around, uh, he was bad, he he showed his inexperience. No, he won uh, some of these tournaments along the way against college-age wrestlers as a high school senior. So Levi Haynes uh, certainly has it working for him. I want him in at 157, and it's no disrespect to Tyler Barrett cloud, but I, I can't imagine that against the number 16 wrestler uh, in the country that Tyler Barrett cloud, maybe he wins, but not a 16 to six major decision. There's something different about Levi Haynes's game. Uh, and it was on full display against Wisconsin from this past Friday. Uh, also as a team, Penn state did beat Wisconsin. who was ranked number 11, 28 to 11. And it started out slow. It was back and forth. He picked up some wins. Romo Bravo, Bravo young, Bo Bartlett had their way in the lighter weights. Then as soon as you get to the heavier weights, it is murderer's row for Penn State between Carter Storacci at 174. Then you got to go through Aaron Brooks. Then you got Max Dean. Then you got Greg Kirkfleet. Uh, final score 28 to 11. It just shows how, how deep this team is. Uh, it's interestingly enough at 165. No Alex Facundo. I, I couldn't include him. He is ranked in the teens. Uh, he was missing from the lineup. So we saw Matt Lee lose 18 to 6 to the number five, Dean Hamidi. Uh, and I, I just hope he's okay because he's another one in town, another one of those talented uh, up and coming wrestlers as a redshirt freshman. He's already ranked uh, and he's really held his own against some of the better competition uh, against the number five wrestler. I, I'd like to have that measuring bar for how good Alex Facundo actually is at this point in time. And also something to take away from this uh, match against Wisconsin. I, I mean, Max Dean and Greg Kirkfleet uh, truly do look like the best wrestlers at their weight in the country at, at 197 and uh, heavyweight, respectively. I, I mean, Max Dean beat a Braxton Amos who ranked number 14. He won 11 to two. 
Uh, like it, it really wasn't a contest. Max Dean went through that little slump, lost back-to-back matches, and, and now he's rebounded. There's really little doubt in my mind that he could repeat as a national title contender. Uh, and then Greg Kirkfleet, someone who's been in the top five, but he's been on the lower end of five or a four ranking. Now he's the consensus number one, and he's acting like it. He's proving it, winning six to two over a number 11 ranked Trent Hilger. Uh, Greg Kirkley, this is somebody that should be the favorite at the heavyweight spot. Now, heavyweight is very competitive with a lot of new guys that aren't Gable Stevenson anymore out of Minnesota. Gable Stevenson had the heavyweight lockdown. You you really didn't know if anyone was going to challenge him. Now this is wide open, but I think Greg Kirkfleet uh, truly has an inside track to, uh, to win a championship, of course. Aaron Brooks, Carter Starachi, Roman Bravo Young. So we could see five guaranteed. And it's just a matter of one of those other guys sliding in to be possibly a sixth. Is that Bo Bartlett at 141 now at his comfortable weight? Is that Levi Haynes at 157? I you don't just knock off a, a ranked, a mid-ranked wrestler 16 to 6. If Levi Haynes wins six to four, it's like, okay, let's let's scale it back a little bit. Levi Haynes won 16 to six over a ranked veteran and Wisconsin, another storied program, a lot of success this season. They're ranked as a team number 11. So uh, we've, we've seen it so far. Uh, I'm really eager to see what unfolds for guys like Levi Haynes, Alex Facundo, Shane Van Ness, who are those youngsters in, in the middle of the weight classes and see what they can offer for not only the team standings, but individually, if they can end up on the podium or at least be all America consideration. It is Locked On Nittany Lions. We are crossing it over with Jacob Rude of Locked On Hoosiers to preview Penn State men's basketball against Indiana coming up Wednesday in the Bryce Jordan Center. Stick around. That is next. It is a Locked On crossover, and let's cross it over with Locked On Hoosiers, and that is Jacob Rude joining me on the other side. I'm Zach Seiko, your host of Locked On Nittany Lines. Jacob, it's good to get together again. Uh, different circumstances as Penn State is much better at football than the Hoosiers, <laughs> but when it comes to men's basketball, uh, the same cannot be said. It is completely flipped, uh, but for the most part, usually that's the case uh, as of right now. I mean, and just an episode ago, I, I was hyping up Indiana and said, you know, this is a tough team. They were right at the time of the recording. They were ranked 15th. They were pretty respectable. But now they're one and three in the Big Ten. And there's just I think the way you phrased it beforehand. So I'll let you expand upon this uh, is that Indiana is in panic mode. How, how true is that statement? Yeah, well, fans are certainly in panic mode. I, it's up for debate whether they should be panicking yet. Um, it has not been a good start to uh, Big Ten play. Um, they are 1-3 and three in the Big Ten. They've lost five of their last eight games. Two of those are Arizona and Kansas. Uh, but nonetheless, it's the last two losses, losing at Iowa, a game that you led by 21 points in the first half. And then Northwestern on Sunday, where you let a, a pretty mediocre Northwestern offense um, score 84 points on you at home. It it, it started ringing some alarm bells. Uh, the biggest issue right now, though, is that IU has just been destroyed by injuries this season. Of those uh, games mentioned, 
IU has not had its starting five, but for like its preferred starting five, but for 10 minutes in the Kansas game, um, they have only had them for a small handful of the games this season. And now it's going to be a while before they have that starting five again. So it's kind of trying to figure some things out on the fly with, with this team right now. Yeah, and that's why we're doing a lockdown crossover here, right, Jacob? Because uh, the Nittany Lions and the Hoosiers are getting ready to play. Uh, depending on when you listen or watch this, it is going to be a tip-off in the Bryce Jordan Center Wednesday night. Wednesday night between Penn State and Indiana. I mean, this is a game that Indiana probably sees as a definite win, or nine times out of ten they win this game. But now this becomes uh, a must-win for both teams, and personally, I like the matchup much more. Now, I discussed this on a previous episode, just kind of a look ahead for Penn State because they they had lost the game in the Palestra to Purdue. Uh, they lost the game to Michigan, and those are both very tough teams. They're well-coached teams, and they're just teams that don't exactly match up well with Penn State uh, because that profile of just being big in the front court, uh, it's something that Penn State was aware of from the beginning where they said, you know what, team speed and shooting will be able to counter that. Uh, that so far, at least against those teams, the way things have happened, it's nothing out of the ordinary, I would say. Things are kind of status quo for Penn State. They're better. They're more competitive. They're more exciting to watch. But I'm I'm kind of off the bandwagon of this was a surefire tournament team. Uh, Indiana gets back Trace Jackson Davis. I was watching the game uh, against Iowa. I watched most of the first half just to kind of say, all right, let me scout some, you know, Penn State competition. You know, they beat Iowa convincingly while they almost blew the lead in the second half. So um, in, in Iowa's case, that's not uncharacteristic for them uh, it, because they almost uh, almost made the comeback against Penn State uh, in the Bryce Jordan Center on New Year's Day. And then they happened to do it against Indiana. So getting trace Jackson Davis back. Is he 100%? Is he close to it? Because I, I look at him and I say, that's Penn state's biggest problem, literally uh, going into this game. He is not hundred uh, percent. Well, that's good news for about, us. <laughs> well, less than 100% trace Jackson Davis had 18 points, 24 rebounds and eight assists against Northwestern. Um, Never so, mind. Forget <laughs> what I said. Yeah. I was going to say, I don't think it's good news, but he is certainly okay. not 100%. Okay. He did not play before the holidays. Uh, he played against Kansas on the 17th and then didn't play again until January 5th against Iowa, the game you watched. But it's a back injury, and those just don't like go away, basically. It's just kind of this lingering thing. He doesn't look to be in – he looks to be in discomfort <laughs> throughout games, okay. but on – Saturday or on Thursday against Iowa, he played 38 minutes. And then on Sunday against Northwestern, he played 40 minutes. And he said, like, it, I'm not in great shape, but my team needs me right now. So he isn't 100%, but he had 30 and 9 against Iowa and he had 18, 24 and 8 against Northwestern. So I, he's, he's still playing really well. Uh, it's going to be interesting, though, because, um, I you it's been replacing race Thompson, the other forward in the front court that has been, I use problem. So it'll be interesting to see how Penn state kind of approaches this. And if I use able on paper, that there are ways that they have advantages in the front court, but the games aren't played on paper. And I, has struggled in a number of areas um, since losing those guys to injury. 
So Penn State uh, is getting at least a f- more favorable matchup in this case, just because they're miss Indiana's missing guys like Grace Thompson. Uh, it's not a 100% Trace Jackson Davis and Xavier Johnson's out. I do worry about Hood Shafino. You know, he's the he's the freshman that everyone's been talking about preseason. He was kind of the all Big Ten team consensus, uh, even in contention for Big Ten Player of the Year nominations, uh, and some people had him winning. So. Uh, I, I respect his game, but he doesn't have the same cast around him. Now, if you look at Ken Palm, Vegas is, a, depending on when you watch and listen to this, the spread might be out already, but uh, Vegas is a little behind. But if you look at Ken Palm, and I do subscribe to Ken Palm's rankings, uh, he has this as about a one to two point advantage for Indiana. So I imagine that the spread's going to be one and a half, maybe two points coming out of Vegas uh, with Indiana coming into Happy Valley. Jacob, for you, what is the most concerning aspect about Penn State's team right now that you think doesn't match up well with this version of Indiana? Well, this version of Indiana really struggles defensively. And Xavier Johnson was the best kind of point of attack defender, did well defending ball handlers. Race Thompson was really good at defending forwards and switching on to guys. They were IU's two best defenders. Without them, IU has struggled. They gave up 91 to Iowa. They gave up 84 to Northwestern. So any team that (laughs) – it feels like any team right now that has kind of a semi-competent offense and an ability to get to the rim is going to find success. And so just kind of looking at the amount of guards and who Penn State has, it's concerning just kind of their play style because – IU just can't really stop anybody right now. Trace is still a a really good rim protector, but Northwestern on Sunday was just driving right at him and then dumping it off for dunks or layups because he would have to try to alter the shot at the rim. So it's, it's a bit of a mess right now defensively. I mean, offensively, IU isn't having that many issues. They scored 89 against Iowa, 84 or 83 against, Northwestern it's getting like consistent stops that is the biggest issue and I mean it looks like Penn State's kind of built to take advantage of that that's good news over here especially since I just kind of ravaged against Penn State I just don't just because of the way things and I feel like I owe a further explanation of it's not that Penn State can't compete for an NCAA tournament berth at just at the end of the day if you're asking me yes or no is it going to happen uh, right now, my answer is no, because of I, I just imagine that they're going to need a Big Ten tournament run. And if they happen to run into a Michigan or a Purdue, that, that's just the kryptonite at this point. So yeah. an Indiana team like this actually does, I think, help Penn State's confidence here because Penn State's best strengths uh, when they are on is shooting the basketball. But they... I feel like they need more of those performances. And how often can you replicate that? The Illinois game, Jacob, if you saw any of it, Penn State was shooting 60% plus in that game. And that's going to win you basketball games every single time. But I don't know how many times you have to do that. Uh, Jacob, just for uh, you know your, your strategy or just understanding the opponent's side of it, Andrew Funk seems to be the X factor in this case, because whenever he is shooting lights out and he's shooting 50 to 60%, Penn state's going to win the basketball game 99 times out of 100 when he's held to three points or just a couple of baskets. 
uh, it seems like Penn State uh, is nowhere to be found, and they're easily controllable here. So I like a high-scoring game in this one, just from what you've told me uh, and the way that I, I think Trace Jackson Davis will have his way. He'll get his. Penn State's not going to be able to limit him uh, because there really aren't reinforcements in the front court to defend against him. Uh, it's just a matter of, is Penn State going to come out shooting red hot, or are they going to be ice cold again? And they can't have a complete game. It seems like one half is one way and the other half is the other way. And they like the game against Iowa, a great first half and then almost blew it completely in the second half. And the same thing can be said for the Furman game that they played earlier in the season. And Furman should be an NCAA tournament team when they win their conference championship. That's what it's going to take for them being a mid-major. But besides the point, they are a good team uh, in, in the mid-majors. Uh, but I think uh, this will be exciting for people that love offense and college basketball. Uh, and But I don't really have a read as to say who wins. Uh, I, I would like to say Indiana here because I just still think they have some better all-around talent. But being that it's a home game, I could easily see Penn State pulling it out. And that's just the case of Indiana's got injuries and Penn State's better at home. They've showed that. And, and they're a well-coached team at the end of the day. They haven't lost any bad games, but they've lost to Michigan and Purdue. Uh, but I think they're they're just kind of that middle of the pack Big Ten team. They should finish around 500 in conference, and then we'll see what unfolds for them in the Big Ten tournament. I think Indiana, uh, once they get it, once they get the band back together, uh, they're scary. This this is kind of when I want to play them when they're banged up like this. Yeah, this is a good time to to face Indiana because if we can get things back on track and if we can get healthy, theoretically, I mean, when Indiana's had its starting five together they beat xavier on the road a true road game they beat mm -hmm. unc a couple of wins that are are going to look good at the end of the season so in theory when they've been healthy they've been able to compete with some really good teams but yeah they're far from it right now it, it's going to be a matter for iu in each of those two games iowa and northwestern trace and jalen huchafina who you mentioned jalen had to like take over with Xavier Johnson going down, he was playing kind of more of a shooting guard. He's a natural point guard and he kind of took the reins and has gotten a little bit, let a little bit better, a little bit better. And then scored 21 and with nine assists against Iowa, which was a career high. And then just blew that out of the water and scored 33 against Northwestern Jalen and trace combined to score 51 points in these games. They each came in losses. So like it's, it's mm -hmm. kind of, Right now, those two are, are playing at a really high level. It's just can they get any sort of production from the guys around them that a lot of them had to have had to step into roles that are bigger than they're used to with injuries. So they'll have a couple days here to figure some things out after losing to Northwestern. But, I mean, winning on the road in the Big Ten is hard. Winning in the Big Ten is hard. Like you, mm -hmm. you were talking about how – tough it is and how the uphill climb Penn State's going to have to get into the tournament and I mean the Big Ten doesn't lend itself to trying to figure some things out or anything like that like IU really could use a soft part of the schedule to figure out how to get guys into new roles and they instead have to go to Penn State they have Michigan State coming up they have Wisconsin like there just isn't any easy stretches in the Big Ten so Man, winning on the winning on the road, like I said, is hard. I just because of the advantage I think Trace is gonna have, I think he could have a really monster night. Yeah. Maybe IU 
is able to finally ride him to a win. And that is kind of the, the main thing I'm basing this on, but this is going to be a close game. And like you said, we don't have the Vegas odds out, but take the over, like whatever it is. Yeah. I, you can't play defense right now. So just take the over. And Penn State's going to try to play fast. Uh, there's no reason for them to slow it down. They need to go fast and hit some transition threes. And they are at home, so they can try to play the way that they want to. Uh, Jacob, before I let you go, how can the best way for people to connect with you and Locked on Hoosiers? Yeah, we are just at LO underscore Hoosiers on Twitter, at Jacob Rood on Twitter, for those that are watching on YouTube can see. And then um, where wherever you guys are listening to this at, you can listen to Locked On Hoosiers. We're available just the same way you got or you uh, Locked On Nittany Lions is every day during the week. Yep, appreciate that, Jacob. Always great to catch up and this time to talk some men's basketball. Hopefully, we can uh, get together again soon to talk college sports for Penn State and Indiana. Thanks for your time. Yeah, as always. Hey, it's Zach Seiko. Thanks again for making Locked On Nittany Lions your first listen every day. Make sure to check out our brand new podcast, and that is Locked On College Basketball. Everything you need to know about college basketball in one place. Plus, you get to hear from big name experts, insiders, coaches, and players. It's Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and, of course, wherever you get your podcast. Now, coming up on Locked On Nittany Lions, of course, as Penn State men's basketball continues to go through the Big Ten slate, we are going to talk about them. Uh, plus some Penn State football players are continuing to make decisions about their future we're going to talk about all that news and how it affects the Penn State football team going into next season and it'll all be right here on Locked On Nittany Lions